Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Audrey Henson shares why you should never get on her bad side. Do you guys ever, uh, like, meet somebody and right away, they're like your person, right? Like, you, like, make eye contact with them and you're like, this, this is my soulmate. Like, this is my best friend. Um, this isn't that story. Uh, this is like, this is like, if you can think like the opposite of that, that's what, that's what this is going to be. So I guess it starts when I was 15 years old and I had a horse and I was competing. I did three day eventing and it's actually like, there's like an Olympic sport of it and everything. And at 15, I was like, Hey ma, pa, that's what I call them. Um, I want to be an Olympian. And they were like weirdly supportive. And they were like, oh, okay. Like very few questions. And they were like, how do we do that? And so I told them, I was like, I need better training and like all this stuff. But it's very expensive to go out. To give you a price point, Mitt Romney had a horse in the Olympics doing that. So like it's kind of, yeah, it's a wealthy person sport. And I'm not a wealthy person. So I found this place, Uh, I lived in Washington State at the time, and it was this couple who lived an hour and a half-ish away from where I lived in Olympia, Washington, and they had a beautiful farm, like 350 acres, Uh, one of the owners was like shortlisted for the Canadian Olympic team, and uh, her husband had ridden at a four-star level, which is like one level above the Olympics, but uh, so they were really like the best for the Pacific Northwest that we had. Like it was really awesome, and they did something called a working student position. So basically, I would go live with them, uh, work like six or seven days a week, and uh, my horse would have a place to live and eat, and I'd get free training, and I would have a place to live. Um, so I sent them an email sent them my resume, Um, but, like, the resume of a 15-year-old is, like, I'm really good at jump roping, and I sold candy bars for camp once. So they were like, all right, yeah, come on down. We trust you with our animals. Um, So I went down, and uh, I was so excited. The lady on the phone uh, had uh, talked to me a little bit about it, and she goes, yeah, and, you know, you'll have your own, like, away space, like a little apartment on the property, Uh, And we actually have a girl that's working for us right now. And she's Canadian. She's, like, 18 or 19. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I've got a Canadian roommate, like, this worldly cultured person. Like, like, oh, my gosh, I get to live with an immigrant. How exciting. And and I was like, I'm going to learn so much from her. And, like, I was 15 and she was 19, which isn't, like, that big of a difference. But to me, she was, like, a woman. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, cool. She's going to teach me so many things. She didn't. Um, So I got there, and um, the property was beautiful. The barn was amazing. It, like, had cobblestone, and it was heated, and it, like, had, like, chandelier. Like, it was this big, beautiful place. And their house was so gorgeous. It was, like, three stories. It was a cabin, heated floor. Like, it was, like, super cool. And then they showed us our apartment, um, which, so basically there was, like, a little tool shed, And then connected to the little tool shed was where I would live. And the size of it was like maybe uh, two of these push stages. So it was very, very small. Um, But it was actually like pretty nice on the inside. Like it was finished and everything. And so my mom dropped me off and, you know, cried a little bit because she was leaving her 15-year-old to live in a tool shed. And, um, And I was like super excited. So I went and met my roommate. And like... 
I was tr- thinking about all these things I was going to talk to her about. I'm like, okay, Audrey, like, make a good first impression. Like, you guys have to be best friends. So I was like, so, like, how about that Tim Hortons coffee? Like, Canadians love that, right? She was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, but you know what I do love? I'm like, I love maple syrup. Like, how much do you love maple syrup? And she's like, yeah, I don't really like maple syrup. I'm like, yeah, no, me neither. Like, I was totally kidding. I'm like, but hockey, like, am I right? And, like, thinking back now, I'm like, wow, that was, like, super stereotyping. And I could see why she would hate me for that. Um, so it started off a little rough. Um, but the first couple weeks, it was, like, radio silence. Like, she wouldn't talk to me, like, whatsoever. Like, around the barn, like, I would try to make small talk with her. And it was, like, nothing. I'd wake up in the morning. And I'd, like, try to, like, oh, good morning, Beth, like, how are you? And, like, just nothing. Uh, So that was, you know, a little tough for me because I'm, like, used to, like, living with my big obnoxious family and, like, talking all the time. And then it was, like, nothing, Um, which sooner or later, like, I was going to miss the nothing because she turned out to be a scathing bitch. But, um... (laughs) So uh, after a few uh, weeks of just, like, not talking to each other, she started talking to me. And it was like this person ate, like, carnation instant bitch for breakfast every morning. Like, like bitch venom spewed at me. Like, in the mornings, like, I, you know, got into a routine of her not responding. I'm like, hey, Beth, what's up? And she's like oh, you're going to wear that? Okay. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm 15, and, like, I didn't really, I still don't know how to dress, but, you know, it was, uh, it would, you know, unnecessary. And she'd start saying things around the barn, just, like, like stupid things. Like, I'd be filling up a water bucket or something, and she'd be like, oh, you're doing that wrong. And I'm like, there's a liquid going into plastic being held by, like, walls. Like, there's not very many ways you can fill a bucket up wrong um, and stuff. And then she uh, had to go on vacation for like a week to go do something in California with her horse. And she asked me if I'd watch her dog for her. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Like her dog was awesome. He was really cool. Um, And so I would take, I took care of her dog for a week and her dog like was obsessed with me. Like it was awesome. He'd follow me around everywhere. We'd hang out. He'd sleep with me in my room and everything. And um, the owner was like, oh, you know, her dog's getting really attached to you. And I was like, yeah, isn't it cool? Like, I finally got a friend. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, good luck with that when Beth comes back. And I'm like, yeah, no, it'll be fine. She'll be, like, happy that I took such good care of her dog. Which, like, girls don't work like that. They're not ever happy for each other. Um, (laughs) So... I so she comes back and her dog is like still following me around and she'd call him and she's like Cody come here come here and he's like looking at her he's like I did not realize that the bitch I've been shacking up with for so long was so awful now that I've gotten a taste of you and he kept like following me around and I was like no good god like this is a death sentence like go go be with her and stuff so after that it started getting really rough like she started just like She was on the attack for me after her dog chose me over her. So she started, like, I'd go into the barn, and she decided that she was going to come up with the list. We had to exercise about 10 to 15 of their upper-level horses a day. And so um, she would, like, put together the list, and, like, I'd look over it, and, like, she'd start giving me the horses that, like, would try to kill me. And I'd be like, oh, like... So, like, do I have to ride Max today? Didn't he flip over on, like, our trainer yesterday? She's like, yeah, you know, just deal with it. 
I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. And so um, one night, and so that kind of went on for like months, and I was just getting so depressed, and I was like, live, I was like here to like have my own bachelor pad and like live with this cool older Canadian, and like we both had blonde hair at the time. We were supposed to be best friends. Um, but she just turned out to be awful, and I'd, like, cry on the phone to my mother, and I'm like, I hate this, like, come get me, I have no friends, I'm on this, like, 350 acres, I hardly see anybody, and I'm just, like, I should, and, like, to preface, I was doing online school, so, like, I wasn't, like, out of school, so, and I was like, I should be, like, at a high school, like, hanging out with people and, like, socializing so I don't become socially awkward, um, which, I, whatever, it's socially awkward, I'm fine, (laughs) Uh, and, uh, she was like, well, I don't know, just grit your teeth. If you really want to come home, we'll come get you. But my mom's not super comforting and she's, because she's always like, you're better than this. And so she's like, you can stick it out. Like, don't let her be, you know, all over you and don't be a doormat. Uh, but one night I was, after a couple months, I was just like really sad and I had to get up for work in the morning. It was like a Saturday night and Beth had Sundays off of work. So she uh, decided that on Saturday night she was going to throw a party in our, you know, two-push stage apartment. And uh, our bedrooms could barely fit, like, a twin mattress in there, and they were, like, right next to each other, and it was paper-thin walls. And so she had a – we lived near, like, an army base, so she had some army boys over. And uh, she had this uh, friend who she would always – bring over, uh, was over there, and her friend was actually really nice, and I remember I was talking to her one day, and I was like, so, like, how long do you think Beth is going to be here, because I, like, super love her, and just, like, never want her to leave, and uh, her friend was like, well, I mean, I don't know, she's been pretty lucky so far, and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, her, she's only down here on a tourist visa, so at any point, like, she's technically not supposed to be here anymore, and I was like, okay, like, whatever, that's cool, like, it's okay to be illegal, um, and so that night, uh, she had all of her friends over, and they were, uh, having this big party, and really loud music, and, uh, they were all, like, scary movie on, and they were all talking, and I remember I was laying there, and I'm like, I've got to get up for work, and I work, like, seven days a week, and she's got tomorrow off, and, like, it's super loud, and I was getting so angry, and I got up, and I was like, hey, guys, like, I know you don't have anything to do tomorrow, but I do. Could we try to keep it down? And they were like, no, just go sleep in the barn. And I was like, okay. So I got my stuff, and I just, like, went and slept in the barn, which, like, to be, like, I know that sounds awful, but the barn was, like, technically nicer than the apartment. So it was, like, it was okay. So I went, and I brought my pillow and sleeping bag and went and slept in the barn with all the horses. And I was laying there, and I was just so angry. I was like, why are these, why is she so awful? And I was thinking, I'm like, how do I get her just kicked off the property? Like, how do I get her fired? Because, like, I can't deal with this anymore, and I want to stay here. Then I was like, no, Audrey, you're thinking too small. Like, why get her, like, kicked off the property if you can get her kicked out of the country? And I was like, (laughs) I was thinking to myself, like, no, like, you're not capable of that. Like, you're not that mean. You're not going to do that. Like, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to stoop to her level. So the next morning comes around and I'm exhausted. Like my back hurts. Like I slept on a barn floor and I was expected to work all day. 
And I remembered, like, my one saving grace was like, oh, I went to dinner the other night, and I brought pizza home. And I'm like, I'm going to have pizza for lunch, because, like, food's the best part of life. So I was, like, so excited for lunch, and I was, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, one more hour, and I'm going to go eat some pizza, and it's going to be great. So um, lunchtime comes along, and there's still some people, like, randomly passed out in the apartment, stuff everywhere. And I went to go get my pizza, I, like, opened the fridge, and, like, there, I couldn't find it. And I was like, hey, uh, have you, like, seen my pizza? It was, like, right in here. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, like, we ran out of food last night. So some of the guys just started eating it. And I was like, right then and there, I was like, I'm getting this bitch out of the country. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the last straw if you touch my pizza. So that day, I was thinking, I was like 15, so I'm like, how do you get somebody kicked out of the country? And so I like was thinking about it, and that night I did some like Googling how to get your illegal Canadian immigrant out of your house, and I, they gave me a phone number to like some uh, immigration person in Washington, D.C. So like I called it, and I was like, hey guys, up. Uh, no, I'm good. Like, thanks. Uh, I've got this this roommate who may or may not be illegal. Like, what do I do? And they kind of like talked me through it. And they were like, hey, just send us some information here, like your address, her name, like all this stuff. And so I emailed them a bunch of information. <laughs> and then I was laying in bed, and like part of me was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. But the other part of me was like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I'm imagining, like, in the movies when, like, I'm like, someone's going to come break down the door, like, go into a room, handcuff her, like, put a bag over her head and, like, (laughs) throw her on a train back to, or, you know, at least that's what Trump would have done. Like, he would have made an example out of her. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, they're going to come take it. That's not how they do it. They, like, sent her an email. And they, like, (laughs) called her. And they were like, hey, you've got, you know, 10 days to get your shit together. And then, you know, you need to go back to your country. And if you want to live here, you have to apply for a different type of visa. Super civil. Like, whatever. Screw you, government. Um, And so the next – so she then had done all this, like, talking to her lawyer and stuff. And – she was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go. And she came to me. She was like, hey, so, you know, I just want you to know I'm going to be packing up my stuff. And, you know, because I got to go back to Canada. And I'm like, what? No. Babe, like, ugh. And um, she was like, yeah, I know. Like, okay, I'll just like it. And so she was getting all of her stuff. And her parents drove down from Canada to uh, take her stuff and, like, put it in her car, in the car and drive it up, and she was going to get on the train later on, and her parents came down, and I'm, like, trying to, like, mentally and emotionally prepare myself because I'm, like, this is the spawn of Satan, so, like, what are her parents like? And uh, so her mom and dad come down, and, like, out of the car steps, like, Betty White as a Canadian. And, like, the nicest woman, she's like, hey, I made you brownies, like, from Canada. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you're fucking sweet. Like, what? And um, and I was like, and she was talking to me, and she, we were like, 
you know, like, girl gossiping, and I'm like, you can stay. Like, I need actually help around the barn. Like, I don't mind if you're my roommate. And she's like, and I, like, went over, and I hugged her, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm sending this thing back with you. I'm so sorry, Canada. Like, I know you're full of good people, but I just can't deal with this. Um, And so then her parents left, and then Allie was like, well... You know, I get on the train. I guess this is goodbye. And I'm like, yeah, you know, oh, but are you, like, really going to wear that shirt on the train? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm sure you probably won't see any cute boys anyway, so it's fine. Um, And so then she went up to uh, Canada, and I never heard from her again. And I hope she doesn't listen to this because then she's going to know that I sent her to Canada. (laughs) So thank you, everybody. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just see the show live, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.